Hello and welcome to the Wonderful Words of Life podcast. My name is Jim Duke and I'm the pastor of Olmsted Baptist Church in Olmsted, Kentucky. I'm thankful you're listening and pray it will be a blessing and help to you. Our subject for today is uh, found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. I trust this is a familiar passage to you. 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 13 through 18. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And so the Apostle Paul, writing to the church at Thessalonica, he doesn't want them to be without knowledge about those that are asleep or dead in Christ, And that's interesting that the Lord's reference to this of physical death for us is always that of sleep. It's the way it was in his ministry. And that's a comfort to us because he has that power and that great ability, that power even over death, and uh, has saved us and given us everlasting life. He speaks here about those that have died, and then we which are alive remain, and that the Lord has a work and a plan that he'll carry, for, carry forth and, and bring to pass, uh, will not go before them. The dead in Christ will raise at the voice of the Lord, and then we which are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds. And he says here, we're to be comforted with these words. And so that is a great comfort to the children of God. Maybe you're listening and you're not saved. You're not a child of God. Uh, through the Lord Jesus Christ, through his salvation and his gospel, his shed blood uh, on, the, on the cross of Calvary for you. You've not received that. You've not believed that. You've not been saved by the Lord. We take this opportunity to point you unto him. He's the Savior that you need, and we pray that you will receive him. You'll repent of your sins. You'll believe and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and he'll save you as only he can do, The power of salvation is his, and he makes a call to sinners to repent and believe and trust in him. There's another passage relative to this that we want to take a look at here uh, in this podcast. In Luke chapter 17, uh, verses 20 through 37, Luke 17, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, verses 20 through 37, uh, Wherefore comfort one another with these words. What we want to do for this time is take a look at the coming of the kingdom of God. Here in 1 Thessalonians 4, uh, the Apostle Paul gives this information to the church at uh, Thessalonica and to us that we wouldn't be ignorant about those who are asleep or those who have died in Christ, those who are saved and have died and what the future holds. Uh, We have that knowledge. It is a comforting knowledge unto us. The Lord will bring that to pass. But the Lord Jesus dealt with this in a different way here in Luke chapter 17. And so we want to draw these together and, uh, and see how they compare. And yet these words will be a comfort unto us too. 
And so um, uh, that's what we want to do is take this of very commonly known of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and draw this together to Luke 17 and what our Lord said here and then some other passages uh, connected to it as we close. In Luke 17 verse number 20, when will the kingdom of God come? And when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered and said, answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. So when the kingdom of God comes, and I am of the opinion that the scripture bears out that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, and the kingdom of Christ are one and the same, a God is one. There's no parsing up these kingdoms. I think the scripture makes that very clear. And so they're synonymous with one another. And so they, they ask him, when's the kingdom of God? Uh, when's it going to come? And the Lord Jesus says it doesn't come with observation. You're not going to watch it and see it grow like you do kingdoms, like you see an advancing army, like you see a king come to power. It's not going to be that way. Here, Presently, the kingdom is spiritual. It is within, Luke 17, 21. Neither shall they say, lo here or lo there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. The saved and the unsaved are both still part of the kingdom of God. The, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of Christ is all that is created. And so the standing of a person in regards to that kingdom, whether they are a child of the kingdom or a subject of the kingdom, the children of the kingdom being the saved, the subjects to the children of the kingdom being those unsaved and even the angels, they're subjects of the kingdom of heaven. And so it's a very, very interesting thing and a subject that we don't have time to deal with now. But he says, right now, presently, the kingdom of God is within you. Are you saved? You're a child of God. You're a child of the king. The kingdom is going to be yours. Are you unsaved? Are you not saved? Will you leave out of this life or at the coming of the Lord? You be, in, be found in that situation. Uh, you will be a subject of the kingdom. And there's totally different dealings uh, with them. And so presently... The kingdom of God is within us. It's manifested within us, whether we believe, whether we do not believe. Hard times and persecution will be before the Lord's coming. Verse 22 of Luke 17. And he said unto his disciples, so he turns from the Pharisees and he turns to his disciples, the days will come when ye shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and ye shall not see it. And so I think implied there is that there's going to be difficulty, there's going to be persecution, there's going to be hardship on the children of God, on the people of God, before the days of the Son of Man. Okay, And when we talk about the days of the Son of Man, there are many. We're talking, these passages, and mainly what our subject is, is when it's going to appear, when Jesus is going to come for his own. That's going to begin, be the beginning of, of the uh, end times and, and the end of this world. And so he says, he says, you're going to have times that you'll desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, uh, but you'll not see it. And so that's great difficulty, great oppression. Uh, verse 23, there will be those that say they know. There will be those that say they know. Listen to what it says. And they shall say to you, see here, 
or see there. The Lord see, Jesus says, go not after them, nor follow them. And so he says, if somebody has to tell you that the day of the Lord is at hand, uh, that the coming of the kingdom has has happened, and you need to go over here to see it or observe it or to see the Lord, don't go, don't follow him. Because see, the Lord tells us that when he comes, and as we'll see in coming verses, when he comes, it'll be known by all. It will be known by all when he begins to work. We won't have to be told. All men will see it, and the children of God will be ushered out and, and taken out, and then those that the Lord deals with and, and even saves and such, uh, after that first after that harvest, before the gleaning, if you will, and uh, it's, it's a subject for another time also, uh, uh all the children of God will know it by virtue of being taken out, and then those that remain will, will know it by virtue of the Lord beginning to work the things that he does. It will be instantaneous, verse 24. For as the lightning that lighteth out of the one part under heaven shineth into the other part of heaven, so shall also the Son of Man be in his day. And so uh, there will be those that say they know that the Lord has come, and he's over here, and he's over there. Don't go after him. Don't follow them, he says, because when the Lord comes, when the Son of Man comes in his day, it'll be like lightning flashes from one part of the sky to the other. Verse 25, the fulfilling of his gospel was necessary. And, of course, at the time that he spoke these words, that was still something that was going to be needed to be accomplished. We look back at that knowing it is accomplished. And so let's read that, verse 25. But first, must he, the Son of Man, mentioned in verse 24, must suffer many things and be rejected of this generation. And so the Lord, uh, coming to fulfill his gospel, uh, come to, find, to gather the fruit, receive the fruit, the honor from his nation, which they were not ready to receive him and did not honor him, the religious leaders rejecting him as they did. But we know in looking back that he, he uh, was, he did suffer many things, did fulfill his uh, gospel, was rejected of that generation, and now is on high at the right hand of the Father. The time of his coming will be like. The time of his coming will be like. Verse 26, And as it was in the days of Noe, so shall it all be also in the days of the Son of Man. So here we're told, we're given a hint, a hint. We're giving a, a something that we can know about and see in the scriptures and understand in the scriptures to compare to the day in which we live in, the day that it, what it will be like when the Lord Jesus comes back. And indeed in this, it's referring to the Lord Jesus coming back uh, for his children. And we'll see that here in the end of this passage. I'd like you to, let's, let's go ahead and take a, a look, see in Genesis chapter 6, read a handful of verses. It's going to be a fair amount of reading, but worth it, that we might see this in the days of Noah. That's what that Noe there in Luke 17, 26 is referring to, is brother Noah. So we come to Genesis 6, verses 9, 9 through 22. Genesis 6, 9 through 22. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. 
And the earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence, as we see today. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. And so the all flesh filled with violence. We see that today, don't we? Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make of it. The length of the ark shall be three hundred cubits, the breadth of it fifty cubits, the height of it thirty cubits. A window shalt thou make to the ark, and in a, and in, and in a cubit shalt thou finish it above. And the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof, with lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make it. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein, wherein is the breath of life, and from under heaven. And everything that is in the earth shall die. And with thee will I establish my covenant. And thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons, and thy wife, and thy sons' wives with thee. Verse 19. And of everything of all flesh, two of every sort shalt thou bring into the ark, to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female of fowls after their kind, of cattle after their kind, of every creeping thing, of the earth after his kind, two of every sort shall come unto thee to keep them alive. Verse 21, And take thou unto thee of all food that is eaten, and thou shalt gather it to thee, and it shall be for food for thee and for them. Thus did Noah according to all that God had commanded him, so did he. Chapter 7 of Genesis, we'll skip forward to verse number 11. Verse 11 through 24 of Genesis 7. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, the same day were all the fountains of the great deep broken up, and the windows of heaven were open. And the rain was upon the earth forty days and forty nights. In the selfsame day entered Noah and Shem and Ham and Japheth, the sons of Noah and Noah's wife, and the three wives of his sons with them into the ark. They and every beast after his kind, and all the cattle after their kind, and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth after his kind, and every fowl after his kind, every bird of every sort. Verse 15, And they went in unto Noah, into the ark, two and two of all flesh, wherein is the breath of life. And they that went in, went in male and female of all flesh, and God, as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. And the flood was forty days upon the earth, and the waters increased, and bare up the ark, and it was lifted up above the earth, and the waters prevailed, and were increased greatly upon the earth, and the ark went up upon the face of the waters. And the waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth, and all the high hills that were uh, that were under the whole heaven, were covered. Fifteen cubits upward did the waters prevail, and the mountains were covered. And all flesh died that moved upon the earth, both of fowl and of cattle and of beast and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, and every man. Verse 22, And all in whose nostrils was the breath of life, of all that was in the dry land died. So every single creature, every single person that remained.
And every living substance was destroyed, which was upon the face of the ground, both man and cattle, and the creeping things, and the fowl of the heaven. And they were destroyed from the earth, and Noah only remained alive, and they that were with him in the ark. Verse 24, And the waters prevailed upon the earth a hundred and fifty days. And so we see the days of Noah. We see the corruption of the earth. And no doubt we can understand about the, the, thing, the normal things of life and such as that that were going on. Noah is building his ark for the long time that it took him to do so in obedience to the Lord. We pick it up back in Luke 17, 27. And they did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. So we see here the days, the days, as the Lord Jesus Christ said, these are the, are, are the as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it, it be also in the days of the Son of Man. And so we see how it was, wickedness, evil, corruption, uh, business as usual, and in that day, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage and just normal course of life. The warning came, the testimony of Noah building the ark for decades. And then one day, one day, that day, the Lord, the flood came from the Lord and, and the Lord destroyed them all. So then we come to Luke 17, 28. The Lord Jesus says, Likewise also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. Now something interesting that I see here is that there's nothing mentioned about marrying. And we see a lot of that today too, don't we? We see a lot of uh, confusion about a gender confusion and, um, and, and, and marriage being taken and just uh, held in disdain. Uh, the family broken down, the order that the Lord gives uh, for that foundation of society and civilization of the family, it's totally broken down. And the Lord Jesus makes reference to that here, I believe, by exclusion, by not mentioning thing, things. He said they ate and they drank, which is what was happening in Noah's day. They bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. They were pursuing, doing business and all that. But it's interesting, the things of marriage, the things of family, and the things of home, they're not mentioned. And that's what no Sodom is notorious about. We go over here to see about the days of Lot. In Genesis chapter 19, uh, Genesis 19, verse number 1. And there came two angels to Sodom at even, and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. Sodom. And Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Behold, now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and you shall rise up early and go on your ways. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night. And he pressed upon them greatly, and they turned in unto him, and entered into the house, and he made them a feast, and to bake unleavened bread, and they did eat. But before they lay down, the men of the city... When the men of Sodom, uh, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round, both old and young, all the people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came into thee this night? 
bring them out unto us that we may know them. And so we see the wickedness going on here, old and young alike. It doesn't matter. People from all quarters of the city come and they wish to abuse these two that have come into Lot's house. And Lot went out at the door unto them and shut the door after him and said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly, because he knows what they're looking to do. Behold, now I have two daughters which have not known man. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you, and do ye to them as is good in your eyes. Only unto these men do nothing. For therefore came they under the shadow of my roof. And so we, here we see the terrible shape that Lot is in. And they said, Stand back. And they said again, This one fellow came into sojourn, and he will needs be a judge. And we see that today, don't we? Uh, folks in the society and the culture and the wickedness that's at hand does not want to hear what's right. Does one not want to hear that what they do is wicked according to the judgment of the Lord. Now will we deal worse with thee than with them? And they pressed sore upon the man, even Lot, and came near to break the door. But the men put forth their hand and pulled Lot into the house to them and shut the door. And they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they wearied themselves to find the door. And the men said unto Lot, Hast thou here any besides? Son-in-law, and thy sons, and thy daughters, and whatsoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place. For we will destroy this place, because of the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord. The waxing cry of great evil and wickedness before God. And the Lord has sent us to destroy it. And Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, Up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. And that's the sad thing about the testimony of Lot. They thought he was making a big joke. They thought that he was making fun. Uh, they thought that it was just a big hoorah of what he was saying, uh, that the judgment of the Lord had come. And when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And while he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand, and upon the hand of his wife, and upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto him, and they brought him forth and set him without the city. And it came to pass, when they had brought them forth abroad, that he said, Escape for thy life, look not behind thee, neither stay thou in the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. And Lot said unto them, O, oh, not so, my lord. Behold, now thy servant hath found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast showed unto me in saving my life. And I cannot escape to the mountain, lest some evil take me, and I die. We see here Lot a backslidden child of God, arguing with the Lord. Behold, now this city is near to flee unto, and it is a little one. Oh, let me escape thither. thither. Is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. Verse 21. And he said unto him, See, I have accepted thee concerning this thing also, that I will not overthrow this city for the which thou hast spoken. Haste thee, escape thither, for I cannot do anything till that thou become thither. Therefore the name of the city uh, was called Zor. The sun w 
the sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered into Zor. It was the next day. And the, then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain and the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground. And his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt because God said, the Lord said, don't look back. And Abraham got up early in the morning to the place where he stood before the Lord. And he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward the land of the plain and beheld and lo, the smoke of the country went up as the smoke of a furnace. And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities which Lot, in which Lot dwelt. So here we see the times, the days of, of Lot. Here from the word of God we hear about the days of Noah. The days of Noah. As the Lord said in Luke 17, 26, And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. And, and we saw in Luke uh, 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 17, 28, Likewise also as it was in the days of Lot. Uh, and so we've seen about those and read those firsthand. Bring them right up near to this passage. Verse 29 but the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Verse 30, listen to what the Lord Jesus says. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. So we see here that Jesus is talking about, that, that he's been asked about, when shall the kingdom of God come? When shall it appear? And his answer is, the Son of Man being revealed is the beginning of the coming of the kingdom of God. They ask, when's the kingdom of God going to appear? And Jesus says, when the Son of Man is revealed. Okay? So here we see something that's very interesting. And may we get a hold of this now. Uh, saved or unsaved, may we get a hold of this now and understand when these things begin to come to pass, when the Lord begins these things uh, and, and these things come to pass and the Son of Man is revealed, nothing else will matter. Nothing of this earth will matter. In that day, verse 31 of Luke 17, he which shall be on, upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife. What does she do? She longed for the way back. The, what's, what's back and what the judgment of God coming upon, what's behind is not, there's no future there. Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. And so the Lord interjects here, you live your life for yourself and just to use it and do with it what you will, you will surely eternally lose it. But you lose your life in obedience to the Lord, in, the obedient, in obedience to his gospel, in obedience uh, to the word of God, that sinners are to repent of their sins and believe and trust in him, to receive the Lord's word and his way, his will, his word. You'll gain your life. You'll preserve your life. 
And he goes on to say here in Luke 17, 34, a separation, the separation will take place. And so uh, there's no other reference here, but this being the understanding or, or no other connection than being understanding that this is the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, as is mentioned in 1 Thessalonians 4. Luke 17, 34, I tell you in that night there shall be two men in one bed, and, the, uh, and one shall be taken, and the other left. And so understand, uh, two men in one bed, and this is not spe speaking about anything wicked or evil. Uh, this is uh, 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 a brothers sleeping together, or a father and a son, or just uh, two that would be sharing a bed uh, in a family. And there's nothing evil or wicked that's being referenced here. It's just two are in a bed. One will be taken and the other left. The coming of the Lord will be at night. And we know that it will be because around this globe, there's all different kinds of times of day. And that's what's one thing that is referenced here. So someplace it will be night. Verse 35, two women shall be grinding together. The one shall be taken and the other left. Those that are left are those that are unsaved. Those that are taken are the ones that are the Lord's. When the Lord calls for his own and, and he comes in the clouds to receive them. Verse 36, two men shall be in the field. The one shall be taken and the other left. Nighttime, morning time, afternoon time. It will be sometime all around the globe when the Son of Man is revealed and comes to claim his own. Listen to this, verse 37. The Lord wraps this up in this thought, this answering of this question that he has been asked, when uh, will the kingdom of God appear? And they answered and said unto him, Where, Lord? And he said unto them, Wheresoever the body is, thither will the eagles be gathered together. Now this is kind of a, we would think this to be a strange reference in that the Lord is talking about a dead carcass. He's talking about the vultures and the buzzards being there to feed upon that carcass, the, uh, to dispose of it in the Lord's design. It's kind of a, kind of a strange reference uh, to us, but understand when 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 do you when do you see the buzzards and the vultures you generally only see them when there is a carcass at hand and the thing is as we know if you understand anything about buzzards and vultures somehow with their sense of smell they just know where the dead bodies are and otherwise unless there's a carcass that they're working on we just don't even see them and so the Lord gives this. He says, they say, they ask him, where, Lord? And he said unto him, wheresoever the body is, thither will the eagles be gathered together. When the Lord comes, his own will be able to do nothing but come to him. And that's one aspect of how he will be known. The other aspect is as the Lord begins to judge the earth and reveal himself unto those that remain to judge the nations, to judge those upon the earth, to judge the way of mankind, to deal with his nation Israel, to bring them back to himself, when as he reveals himself unto the unbelieving, the unrepentant, and works these things in the end, all will know that it is him. 
and all will know that the saints have been gathered and are gathered unto him. Uh, they'll have, nobody will have to say. Nobody will have to make it clear. And so uh, we ask this question. The Lord Jesus has been asked this question. Uh, when, will the, when will the kingdom of God appear? Uh, when when uh, uh, when when uh, the kingdom of God? When when's it going to come? And presently, the Lord says that it, it, it's within you. It's in uh, the the soul of individuals, saved and not saved. But when the Son of Man is revealed, He will call the saved unto Himself, and then He will begin to judge, just like it was in the days of Noah, and He delivered and He judged. Just like it was in the days of Lot, he delivered and he judged. And so will it be in the coming of the Son of Man. The co in, in conclusion, in connection, and application, we just want to close with a few uh, other passages here scattered through the Gospels that deal with this very thing. In Matthew 24, verse number 44, Jesus says, Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. When you don't think, then he will come. Matthew 25, verse number 13. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. He says to us, watch, be watching. Mark chapter 13, verses 32 through 33. But of that day and that hour knoweth no man, know not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father, Take heed, take ye heed, watch and pray, for ye know not when the time is. And then Luke 12, where we've been in Luke 17, Luke 12, the Lord Jesus speaks in verses 39 through 40. And this know, that if the goodman of the house had known what hour the thief would come, a comparison that the Lord makes to his coming, like a thief, and the Lord is not a thief, he's not saying that, but as a thief would would at a time that wouldn't be expected, at a time that would be most inopportune for the householder. If the goodman of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have, not, he would have watched and not have suffered his house to be broken through. Be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when ye think not. The coming of the kingdom of God. I pray that you're ready. And if you're not, you can only be made ready by the salvation uh, that is only found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Repent of your sins and believe and trust in him. And may we as his children be looking, be looking, be watching, be praying, be busy about the business that he's given us to do until the Lord Jesus comes back for us. And as, as the brother, Brother Paul writes, our Lord gives us in that first uh, that book in First uh, Thessalonians, comfort one another with these words. Jesus is coming back. If you're here and you're not saved, again, we point you to Jesus Christ. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Repent of your sins and believe and trust in him. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, how you tell us the things that we need to know about the future. We know, Father, that you tell us, and it is so, that you know the beginning from the end. And we rest in you about that. And we don't know exactly how it be. We don't know when it will be. 
But Lord, we rest in you for it, and we pray that you'd help us to be mindful as your children to be praying, to be watching, to be waiting, and to be busy about the, the business that you've given us to pursue and do, to be a good witness of you unto sinners and to one another. And Lord, we pray that you'd help us in these things. We look forward to the day when our Lord Jesus comes back for us. Are we the generation that will see it? We pray, Father, that we are. And we pray that you'd give us strength for the troublesome times that will be at hand for that generation. Father, for those not saved, we pray you'd save them. And Lord, you'd reveal yourself unto them as you only can. Speak to their hearts. Show them their need. Show them their sin. Show them the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, work mightily to save. And we'll be careful to praise you for it. Thank you again for this time and for your word. We pray and ask it all in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Well, thank you for listening. And I look forward to the next time when we can look into our Lord's Word together on the Wonderful Words of Life podcast.